You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Jordan Harms. We are at the LCMS Convention in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Today, we have the opportunity to learn more about the history of Lutheran Heritage Foundation. We'll do that in just a moment. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us today, the Reverend Robert Ron. He's founder of Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Pastor Ron, thanks so much for being our guest. Great to be here. Tell us about your vocation as a pastor. When did you begin serving as a pastor? Well, it's been a long time ago. I graduated from the St. Louis Seminary in 1961. That's 62 years ago. And the Lord has provided opportunities for different avenues of service, starting in the parish, serving two parishes in Montana. When I interviewed for my position at the seminary, I requested that maybe I consider foreign missions. Mm. And so they sent me to Montana to the Indian Reservation. And so I served there for a while and then went to Missoula, Montana, where I started a new mission. So I had an opportunity to serve a self-supporting congregation and then a start from scratch. And from there, I went to Concordia River Forest and served for 10 years as the assistant to the president, and from there to Fort Wayne Seminary, where I was involved in the first work with the seminary joint seminary program development, and worked for a while with God's Word to the Nations, putting out a new translation of the Bible. And during that time, we traveled to Russia several times, and I noticed that there was a great deal of interest in learning English as a second language, and I took note of that, and the opportunity came for me to be unemployed, and so I decided, well, since I was getting a lot of phone calls and questions about Russia, having been there, and I decided, well, why don't we try to help bring back Lutheranism in the Soviet Union? And so I decided to produce a side-by-side English-Russian New Testament. And that was the first volume that was produced. And interestingly enough, we had the opportunity to distribute that in a test case for freedom in Russia when we took that Bible and we distributed it on Red Square to see what the flavor of of freedom was. Yeah. And it was the beginning of our work of translating and publishing books and materials that would help restore Lutheranism in the former Soviet Union. And from there, it's just simply mushroomed. And so we're in over a hundred countries working in 150 languages. So that was a very humble beginning. And the Lord has blessed this work fabulously so that we've published some 1,400 titles in those 100 different languages. So I can see on your shirt there, it says LHF 1992. Is that that the official impetus of Lutheran Heritage Foundation? That's right. That's when you started it? We just are in our celebrating our 30th anniversary year. 
And that was the beginning in 1992. And I have to say that the only place we decided to go was to Russia. And we're in these other countries, but with Macedonian calls. People keep coming and asking, can you come and help us produce books and materials that better under, help them better understand the Christian faith as Lutherans understand it. Right. And so one of the first volumes that we oftentimes publish is the Enchiridion. Interesting that they're studying the catechism here at the convention. And so we have published, I don't know how many, I think over 100, 125 different editions of the catechism in those different languages. So it's one of our initial products that we publish among all those titles from some 5 million books now that have been published, and most of them distributed free of charge. And this is an interesting convention for me specifically. You just had some guests here from the Mission Province Church of Finland and the problems that they've had. And I've mentioned to Johanna that possibly I'm, I'm the reason for his problem because I got to know Johanna when he was studying for his advanced degree at the seminary in Fort Wayne. And, of course, when he went back to Finland, the bishop told him that he would never be ordained in the Lutheran Church of Finland. And when he wrote that to me in an email, I wrote back to him and congratulated him for his achievement, remaining faithful to the Lutheran confession. And I told him, I have couple recommendations for you. You might consider starting an organization like the Lutheran Heritage Foundation and begin to publish books, tracts, and materials that address the problems you see in the Lutheran Church of Finland. And I said, then you might look around and you might be able to find a church that you could start and preach. And so that was the beginning, actually, of the Mission Province Church, which here at the convention was taken into fellowship. So we've been connected with that from the very beginning. Wow. And another interesting event that's taken place, took place yesterday also, in that same environment, when, when these churches were given altar and pulpit fellowship, another church body that was granted fellowship was the Evangelical Lutheran Church of South Sudan, Sudan. And uh, we're 30 years old, and the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Sudan is the same vintage <laughs> because we helped start the Lutheran Church in Sudan when there were no Lutherans in Sudan. And so at this convention, the bishop is here to mm -hmm. receive the honor of pulpit and altar fellowship. And so we've been involved in not only publishing works, but those works like the Catechism develop into church bodies. And we've done work in China where there are some house churches, underground churches that are Lutheran, that are using our books and materials. So it's a little bit of the current history of the Lutheran Heritage Foundation where we are. And so it's been a, an interesting road to 
walk on for these 30 years. What would you say is the starting point for for a mission like that, like starting in South Sudan or for the foundation for beginning a church in another country, in another culture where a Lutheran church hasn't existed before or hasn't existed for a long time? Well, I think the, for us, it's publishing a book in a neighboring country, for instance, and somebody from a country where there's no Lutheran church becomes interested in that book and contacts us and asks us if we could help them with some material such as this. And from there, it develops into a actual church body from studying the, the works like Luther's small catechism. Which points them to God's Word and helps them understand God's Word. And That's it starts right. the vicious cycle of we, we've, evangelism. Uh, we've, been, we've been involved in work that is kind of summarized with our statement that has become famous with the Lutheran Heritage Foundation, that is the Jesus Never Fails title. It appears in a lot of different books and materials, including this, which is the second volume of the history of the Lutheran Church in that actually the work of the Lutheran Heritage Foundation is described in these volumes, volume one and two of Jesus Never Fails. And going back to the beginning, this little bookmark is a replica of a plaque that hung in my family farm home for 62 years of my parents' marriage. And when they died and it came time for an auction to take place, each member of the family was given an opportunity to take an item from the home as a keepsake. And I chose this plaque that hung on that wall for 62 years. And I, before I hung it in my office, I took it to a printer and asked, could you put this in the bookmark form? And this is what he did. He made this bookmark in, a, in this format. And, and what does that plaque say for our listeners? What does that bookmark say? On the back of it, it says, things may fail you. People may fail you. Your health may fail you but there's one who never fails, and that's Jesus. And uh, I've shared this bookmark all over the world. And so uh, in order for people to really understand the message of the gospel, we wrote this little booklet called Jesus Never Fails, and it describes these points, basically, that people have some place to turn when life turns against them, in their estimation, that Jesus is their hope and someone who they can cling to and find hope in because he's the one who never fails us. And the proof of that is by him taking the road to the cross of Calvary, there shedding his blood for the sake of our sins. He met our deepest need, and our deepest need was the forgiveness of sins. And if he is able to meet our deepest need, can he not also meet our lesser needs? It's the really the statement of this little booklet. And we encourage pastors and people to use this in their witnessing, 
whether they visit a hospital or nursing home or a visitor comes to the church, this is a message they need to hear. Jesus never fails. We'll continue the story in just a moment as we learn about the history of Lutheran Heritage Foundation with the Reverend Robert Ron. He's the founder of LHF. We'll continue that in just a moment right here on The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Jordan Harms. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Jordan Harms. We're talking with the Reverend Robert Ron. He's founder of Lutheran Heritage Foundation. And you, you shared with us the history, the founding of Lutheran Heritage Foundation, going back to 1992 and bringing God's Word to the, the former Soviet Union and to other places as well, South Sudan and, and Sudan. In that time since 1992, the, the over 30 years now, Share with us some of the stories of how LHF has been able to reach into over, I, I believe, 150 languages. Is that right? That's right. And in, into nearly probably just as many countries. H- how have you been able to reach into so many countries, including countries that are we might consider closed countries or, or not as welcoming to Christianity? Well, we've experienced a lot of work in closed countries. We've been working in China, North Korea and North Vietnam, and it's interesting that in um, Siberia, for instance, which is a place where work is very difficult because of distances and so forth, but there's a story of the bishop who is in Siberia as as the bishop of the Lutheran Church. He received a phone call on one occasion from some church in deep Siberia. It happened to be a, a Assembly of God type church. And they asked the question, do you know anything about these books from Lutheran Heritage Foundation? And he says, yes, we have those right here. <laughs> and we work with the Lutheran Heritage Foundation in publishing those books. So the, the person on the line said, well, we don't have a pastor but we've been studying these books, and we were wondering if we shouldn't be Lutheran. <laughs> and so, can you come and see us? And so, Bishop Litkin made the long journey to this deep Siberian village, and there now is a Lutheran church. Wow. It started because of the, the work that we did on the catechism and other Lutheran works that they got a hold of. And so, it this is the way that the, the gospel works. It's, it can be preached, but it also can be printed. And it, in that way, reach out to, to people in their hearts and souls, and from that, churches may begin. I'm curious, what, what's your relationship like with missionaries? 
do they serve as a, a resource for you to, well, to sort of inform you on the status of the Lutheran Church or just even the Christian presence in, in certain countries and maybe get a feel for what type of materials yes, that, that's lacking? This works in two ways. <laughs> First, it may be a case where we're on the scene before any any missionary uh-huh. is there. On the other hand, the missionaries may be there, and they're spending their time producing materials that they can use for teaching. And that's where we come into the picture that when they arrive on the field, there are already books and materials available. So we can say that it's the missionaries who have really built the foundation of the Lutheran Heritage Foundation because they will come back and say, we need more of this work. And, of course, this Synod Convention has announced a special offering for translation work. And we're, we're interested to see... I imagine so. <laughs> ...whether we better dovetail with this work to provide materials for the missionaries on the field. How has the process of translating and publishing materials developed since your founding in 1992? How has it changed or evolved since then? Well, it's, at first it was seek and ye shall find uh, situation. If there's a Lutheran church, it's not so hard. But if there isn't a Lutheran church, you have to do some searching to find translators who are adequate translators and have an understanding of Lutheranism. And I can say that the experience is that oftentimes if the translator isn't a Lutheran, he'll become a Lutheran. <laughs> this was the case in, in the Russian language. We found a translator with the help of Dr. Wallace Schultz, who was in Lutheran Hour back in the 90s, and he spent a year or two in Latvia. And he had a couple of translators, one in Russian and one in Latvian. And when he came back from the field of, of Latvia, we asked, we were getting started, and we asked him, do you know names of any translators? And he says, well, I'm glad you asked, because I have two of them that I think are good translators that could help me out. And the name of one was Konstantin Komarov, and he's a Russian living in Latvia because his dad was in the Russian army. And he has become one of our principal translators. And when he became our first translator, he was, of course, Russian Orthodox nominally. Mm-hmm. And then he switched to a kind of a charismatic church and he was not active in, in that church. And, but he knew some theology. And so we give him, we always start with a, a small work like Luther's Enchiridion. Start with that. And now we're oftentimes given this little booklet to translate. Mm. And so that's how he started. And today in Latvia, there's a Russian speaking Lutheran church that's made up mostly of his relatives because he became a Lutheran when he began to translate the Book of Concord. So it has a <laughs> has our, an effect our on translation people. work has yeah. an effect. And 
provides the Spirit working in their hearts and lives, and they become Lutheran. So that, that's the way it oftentimes works. So we have translated and, and published a number of works, of course, for the church in Sedan. And the bishop, having received his alternate pulpit fellowship citation here, during this process with the CTCR and their investigation into the church and so forth, they asked me to make comment about what I thought about the theology of the church. And I said, well, it should be good because all this, the seminarians who have been trained have been taught by Lutheran Church Missouri Synod pastors. And if their theology isn't right, it's because of Lutheran Church Missouri Synod pastors. So I also gave them a copy of this book. It's the history of our work in Sudan and South Sudan. And so we've been intimately involved with that church and also with that church in Finland. And many of our churches that are in fellowship with us have the benefit of the books and materials that we have published. What's the staff like right now at, at LHF? How many, how many people? We have 12 on our staff, six of whom are part-time. And six Just of twelve, <laughs> but you've been able to accomplish so much. Well, we, we all of our translators, the two hundred or so that we have, are basically do piece work. Mm-hmm. They're part time. Yeah. They're they're paid on the basis of the work produced. So that's our staff. It's not a big staff, but we have also fifteen retired pastors that work with us around mm-hmm. the country. And these are men who have qualified for the work by our job description, recently retired, yet energetic. (laughs) That's our staff, and that's our workers. And that's how the Lord has worked through this and these people to create what we have today. So, When you've had the privilege of working with a, a budding church body, you know, a small church that's growing in a part of the world or in a country where there really aren't other Lutherans, and you've had the opportunity to come alongside them and provide resources in their language that support them in teaching the faith and and helping them understand God's Word. When you work on a long project like the Book of Concord in Chinese, in Mandarin, what's it like to be there at that moment? What's it like to see that church that's been waiting for something in their own language to finally receive it? Well, it's like being here at the convention and seeing a church body receive altar and public fellowship. It's beyond words to express the pleasure and the thanksgiving that God has provided this. Where can we learn more about Lutheran Heritage Foundation and the work you're doing today? Well, the best place is our website, www.lhfmissions.org. If you want to know information, it's all there, including the list of books that have been published in the various languages are all listed. And if you put them on a sheet of paper, 8 by 11, there would be about six pages that are filled in fine print of those books. 
lhfmissions.org. Our guest today, the Reverend Robert Ron, founder of Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Thank you so much for sharing this great story with us. It's been great to be here, and it's great to be here at the convention. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Jordan Hart. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.